many of our readies. It's day three of our Touch R&D project. In the room is Emma-Jane Hines and Casimir Bilecki, and we're going to just give you a little taste of how today has gone. I'm gonna, I am going to start asking, I'm going to start by asking Emma um, what you got up to today and how it felt and how it was different from yesterday. So yesterday it felt like we were working at quite a pace because we'd, we'd got our language down. We knew, we knew how to, to work from there with the text and the movement. Today, I think we worked, we worked in the same way, um, maybe slightly slower. I, th- I think I, f- I came across a few creative blocks myself with, with yesterday it felt so flowy and easy and everything that was coming out, it was like, yes. And um, this morning, it, it's just sort of, it's like when you've had an evening, you kind of just need to start again. So I found it, I did sometimes find it harder to connect to my body um but I I've also found it really I've 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 learned quite a lot in other ways I've really enjoyed um the writing process with you Lenny you reading it out me moving with that and then the text changing because of what we've done and how the movement shapes the text Mm. I really liked what you said earlier about how the body changes the memory of the touch or the action I can't remember how you said it I don't know if I've just messed it all up but you said something about how the body oh the body leads that oh does anyone remember let's find it um what's the kind of meaning behind it why why it, it it was earlier on in the day when we were talking about how the body is actually changing yeah. the writing almost mm. like the body is editing the script that's exactly it i agree I, it's almost like the me moving and you watching me move is editing the script is is kind of making you edit the script so it's like the the body is shaping the text almost yeah. flavoring it as well and i really found so helpful is um is, is listening to Ayara, um, Ayara. oh Ayara, sorry, <laughs> um, reading some of the script because her voice is so innocent and then, you know, me reading it, Kaz reading it, you reading it, it's just, it, I don't know, it, it, it's just hearing it from different perspectives has just made it, yeah, just. <laughs> Here's Ayara. Ayara is our daughter. How how did you feel He's reading? He's currently on half term. Um, well, I felt just like if I was at school and like I had to read something to my teacher, I'd be like, oh, well, because that like it feels like I'm just reading it to my teacher, so it's like, oh, so um, like. I feel like this is my teacher, so I feel like I can read this to somebody. Was it nice to read? Yeah. <laughs> what made you want to run over? Because when I was reading the, the script and we got on to I Am Six, mm-hmm. you wanted to read that character, didn't you? Yeah, because that, well, I Am Six as well, and I just thought that, hey, maybe I could be the character because I Am Six as well, and the character in the story is Six, so I just thought that, hey, maybe I could do this. But how does it sound when I read it and I say I Am Six? 
it just feels like it's normal and like so like um if like my teacher was reading it yeah. it would sound like normal but when a child when a child is reading it any child it would just feel like okay well this child is this age in this story and that child is this age in this story and this is the exact same age so like okay this this is meant to be because that it has you know like it has like the age and the person reading that at the exact same time yeah, i mean sure. that's really really insightful that you said that sweet pea because that is the way that it's meant to be experienced whatever age the person is when they're reading it they become the age of six when they get to that story so it could be someone who's 60 and when they say i am six they become six that's the magic of language that we cast the audience that's cool right <laughs> i think it's been a massive advantage like you said having different people reading it do you think that's changed your what you've written just in terms of making me feel like it works mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so we were talking about it yesterday that the the text changes depending on who is reading it but it only changes from the point of the view of the viewer watching it mm. but when you say i am six you it's that you accept that reality mm. don't you like you're like yep that's it i'm six i, be I believe i'm six now and you almost feel like an innocent yeah yeah definitely the innocence comes through and i think what backs that up is when when you're given a physical instruction you're so in that you're so in the moment in that just you know even just you know touching your knee taking the i am six monologue as an example i am six and i'm i'm, I'm focusing on my knee i've been told to to explore my knee i'm you this you're in it you, there's no distraction because you're focused on a body part you know and especially listening to someone read it um it yeah it, it you, you just believe it and you believe that you're in that moment how do you think your perception of touch has changed since you were six to now Well, uh, to start, I feel like it's changed in the last few days, <laughs> my perception of touch, because it's like there is there's so much of my body that I don't think I've touched mindfully. So when we, when we were exploring, it's like, oh, that's that's a new feeling for me. So from the age of six, I think it's obviously a lot more innocent and perhaps more more explorative perhaps more what i'm experiencing now and then as you get older there's there's so many things in life that i think get in the way of experiencing touch and really being mindful with it being being with it hmm. i guess something i was thinking about was my i don't think i believe that body I'm in now is obviously it's the same body that it was when I was six but I the difference in age and when I read I am six um, I think I remember being six and not 
thinking I was six. I always didn't think I ever had an age. Um, I don't know if that ever mm. happens for anybody else where you don't, I don't really believe I am six or like currently I am, how old am I? 34, 34. Um, and I don't know if I, I don't, I don't know if I've ever shifted age or ever shifted persona or like when I read I am six, I'm just still 34. And when, if I was six and I read I'm 34, I'm still 34. I'm still six. I'm, I'm almost as if like, the time doesn't matter the age doesn't matter the age is not me i am me i guess mm. that's how i feel when i read it maybe, maybe that's more to do with like the male lens sure. so i think when you're young you're constantly wanting to be another age and you're constantly like searching for yourself and i think you said it earlier on Emma, when you were talking about a poem that you wrote that you felt like you'd either arrived too late or you just in time or too early on and too late at the same time which yeah but I don't think potentially men have that same experience of their body as a six-year-old a 12-year-old a 15-year-old a 28-year-old like I don't I don't know I've never heard men talk like that I've never mm. heard men lie about their age in the mm. same way that girls do or say oh I'm I'm nearly 13 or I'm 16 when you're really 15 you know I I don't know like what did what were your friends like did um, anyone did did they so I something that came up for me is um people when they're 12 or 13 or 14 maybe and someone comes into school after Christmas or after summer holidays and they've got like that weird kind of tuft moustache <laughs> on them and like some people were looked at them and said things I'm not entirely sure what they said I'm kind of making it up on the spot but like oh you know they look more grown up they are more grown up they are older and it never really meant anything to me it didn't really make it you're more any... mature yeah you're more mature mm. because you've got this this thing you've got this like weird growth um, and I didn't really know what that meant. It never really had any significance to me that you look different, that you have, you know, facial hair or pubic hair or whatever. It, I, I, I don't think it really meant anything. Um, I'm not entirely sure if that relates potentially to a neurodivergent thing or it's just a male thing. But I, but in terms of my other friends, then no, no, I don't think they. I think they always perceive themselves as ageless. I think. Mm. I don't think it mattered, at least it absolutely didn't matter to me. I mean, really, it's like time is a made-up thing. Time isn't actually linear. Things are just happening. But, I th but my point was, I think girls are more conscious of yeah. time. Yeah, totally. So, like, even when you said, oh, um, your friends were talking about who started their period and when they started it and how old they were when they started it. So this idea that, you know, like, that that you have to do certain things by certain ages. Yes. I think that is a very clear, like, age pressure that is put on girls more, I think, than boys. One thing that came up for me the other day, when I mean, and today, um, so today we've been doing some filming as well. So we've been um, stereoscopically filming Emma, um, parts of her, her body, her skin, and so on. Um, and the other day when I was, was experimenting with it, experimenting with the mac macro stereoscopic photography, um, I was photographing really close up on my, my skin. And 
I, I mean, I, at one point I thought, sort of, oh, wow, that looks like elephant skin. It's really <laughs> rough and so on because it's so it was so close up. Um, then I did it to Ayara's skin and I thought it looked very similar. Um, I mean, I've obviously looked much, much, much younger. It's 30 years younger. But um, it, it it had a very similar vibe to it. So I'm wondering, like, sort of when we do do more and more filming and the filming today, um, how that skin, that texture... Um, would feel and looks different especially i mean this whole thing is about touch and so the touch between different people's hands and is always interesting and the way the skin looks is interesting but i wonder how different someone who holds your hand who is 80 difference between someone who's six will feel um are you whispering what do you want to say she wants the phone so she can watch a program. Um, I think it might be over there somewhere, sweet. I really don't know. You have to look for it, sweet pea. Yeah. Or mum's phone. Couldn't use my phone. Um, um, I mean, what I noticed when we were doing the filming is how it became more of a terrain on the screen. Mm. Like when when we're doing it in the room, it kind of doesn't have the same beauty because it's too much to look at and like there's there's too much but when you isolate it into this frame I I was all, I was able to see what you were doing for the first time in a way even though yeah. I know you've been doing the same thing throughout the rehearsals but when it was focused on a section of the skin the skin became a canvas and it told its own story and your hands became characters and I felt like it really came to life on the screen mm. in a way that I hadn't seen the beauty of it when we were just doing it, yeah. you know, re- okay. rehearsing in the space. Sure, sure. Because how, how we've decided to do the text, just for everyone listening, is that there is a section that is the monologue and then there is a level one exploratory movement that we ask the participant to follow and it can be anything from explore your body from the point of view of kindness as an example Mm. and then there's level two where we direct the action and it's from like one to ten steps where we're directing the action that we want the participants to play out at home and the filming that we were doing today we were just experimenting with level one movement where it's just improvisation focused on one part of the body Um, and there was one moment where Emma turns her hand into a claw and she explores the shape of the claw with the other hand and it feels on camera like it's a creature it's another mm. creature it's not part of her and how sim- how simple movements of like clawing up your fingers changes character um and how how ex- how much the body can do that we don't we don't either let it do or we are not able to fully express ourselves using our body because it's not socially acceptable but yeah I think it's just really interesting how much the body can do and how simple the movements are yet on camera those really simple movements turn into something else and a a being of their own yeah I totally agree with you on you know Making a claw with my hand, it's quite monstrous. I mean, even before we were filming it, it was quite monstrous. And there's lots of lines that form and it's rigid, it's hard and it feels quite scary. 
and I totally agree with you. I mean, maybe we are. It's made me think: we, Are we putting limitations on ourselves? There's so much more that our bodies are capable of, um, and so much more feeling that's there that maybe we just need access to. And I think that this is a really good key. Mm. What we're what we're working on feels like a really good key to unlock more more things. Yeah, and I like the fact that it is a book that people that aren't dancers are going to be interacting with yeah so the idea that you've almost got a guide on how to explore your own body in a performative setting as opposed to you know reading the Kama Sutra or it's like it it isn't a sexual exploration of the body which I feel the body is always associated like with sexual pleasure yeah and touching a body is about creating sexual pleasure and masturbating is this bad thing and touching yourself is a bit weird and to be able to have like this playful manual where you are allowed to explore touch on the pretense of your experiencing a performative you know piece of text highlights how much we don't know our own bodies yeah how much we have no idea about the sensation a simple movement like feeling the the creases of your hand when your your hand is a claw you know like even now I'm doing it as I'm speaking and I've clawed up my fingers and I'm using my other hand to just circle the lines that my skin has made in its creases and I've got goosebumps and yeah to like it's when, a, our skin's alive you know it's alive and it's the biggest organ of our body and and we we, we haven't explored it enough when do we do that normally? So when is a normal occasion when you would look and touch your own skin, apart from when you're sort of looking for sexual gratification? Like I, I would say that there's a classic, you can, people um, feeling their hands or crunching their hands or in awkwardness or something, or, or they're just um, bored or they're twiddling their thumbs, say, or whatever. But whenever, where, where else does it happen? I mean, just from that, it is associated more with a nervousness. Like you bite your nails, mm, you scratch mm. your skin, you twist your fingers, you pull, you pull and the perhaps, skin off your gum. Or yeah, perhaps it's associated with pain. I mean, when I think about it, the only time that I really touch a body part, um, one of the times I touch a body part is like, oh, it hurts, it hurts. I'm touching it, I'm t- and often make it worse from touching it. But it's almost this kind of oh gosh, I need to look after it. And it's sort of, I need to prod it and poke it. And it's, yeah, it's if there's something wrong with it, which I think is quite a big metaphor for our bodies. And we only go to the doctors if we've got something wrong. Could it ever Mm -hmm. be interesting to just um, look and prod a part of the skin as we did today in the filming? Would it ever be a normal thing for a human to do, to just sit there in an evening not watching Netflix and just looking at a part of their arm for half an hour while prodding it. Would that ever be normal? I just don't think people think about the importance of their skin or their body or the movements that they can make. I think people associate any kind of movement in the body with being a dancer, you know, or or being a gymnast. And it's associated with your craft and your profession Mm. as opposed to accepting that all of us have a body and all of us have the opportunity to explore this this landscape how often do um do either of you look in the mirror and stretch your skin back looking so i don't know so um comparing uh say um 
20 year old skin to um so 30 year old skin or um like how often does that happen it's just an image that came up in my head in terms of um films that you watch and so like i don't know so um what's her face rachel off friends is i don't know in a film and she's now a middle-aged woman she's going oh no i'm not as you know so sort of, um, fresh as i used to be all that kind of <laughs> thing um how often does that happen where you're analyzing how your face has changed or your body has changed i only noticed my body change like the concept of a changed body after i had iera then i was very aware that things were starting to change um and I think it, yeah, I, I don't think you notice everyday small changes. It mm. takes something quite drastic to notice your skin. So like giving birth or, um, I don't know, if you've had an accident and you've got a scar or if you've, I don't know, had an, 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 a reaction to a cream and you've got a really bad dry skin or whatever. I think you, a bit like what you were saying, that you only notice something or you only when deal with wrong. something when it's wrong. You never go, oh, I like this or um, I'm going to explore this tonight unless, like I said, it's associated with pleasure. Um, But that's why I think this formative text is really interesting because I don't know of anything else like this. No. Um, Kaz and I are always in the art shops of galleries and I've not seen anything else like this before. And had it not been for the pandemic then the need for touch would never have really even come into the foreground of this conversation it was mm. it's because we're not allowed to touch that we're all now thinking about what is touch and what is physical contact and how much do we need it and what's happening to our mental health because we don't have it yeah and it's the first time where it's where touch isn't associated with sexual gratification and it's actually associated with good mental health yeah um and that is really interesting you know at this, around the same time when we first conceived this idea, um, it seemed that um, uh, a guy at Goldsmiths University, I don't know his name, but anyway, he's um, basically been doing a project with the BBC called The Touch Project. And it's been going on for the past year, I think, which is um, around the time that we put in our application to the Arts Council and kind of conceived the idea. And I'm just trying to think what was the trigger for both parties i mean this guy could have easily been looking at touch before but specifically the bbc and the welcome collection the goldsmiths all got involved mm. as well into the idea um and the radio show was on i think last week i think kind of rounding up the whole year's research of people sending in their ideas about touch and so on but what was the trigger because it obviously it's massively um uh, topical now in that, that, that no one's allowed to touch each other or you've got to wear masks and you know um be in your little plastic ball but um what was the trigger previously where no one was touching? Was it purely because it was a technological thing that we were too detached and weren't um, physical anymore? Well, touch was associated with, with boundaries, isn't it? So you can't go around just freely touching. Like, touch is associated with an abuse of power as well. Um, so when we were thinking about doing this project, we were thinking about it in terms of how can VR give you more? Mm. Like what is missing in VR? And everyone always says it's like the the feeling of, the, the feeling is, isn't there. So yeah, and the virtual reality heightens the touch because you've got your headphones on, you've got your, um, you've got your eyes covered, you're in another world and you're being told, at least that those visual and those auditory um, senses are telling you, you are on a spaceship, you are you know, in the Antarctic, you are where, wherever. Um, 
And then when you get touched, it's a shock. It brings you back down to earth. It it it, it grounds and grounds you. It mm. just um. And so mm. we were playing with that idea, that it it, it it heightens your sense of touch. Yeah, it's definitely, and I think with all our senses, I think that they, I think we've we've kind of well from now and from being young till now, we kind of easily accept. We smell, we taste, we touch, um, we feel, you know, the five senses. But I think there are so many more senses and I think they're all interlinked and I think they can all go further. There's so much further, there's so much more to explore within each sense. And I think that touch maybe is the, I don't know, it's, it's our connection to the world. It's our connection to each other. And maybe that's why it's become such an... An in, well, an important point, an important exploration. What do you think the difference is between dance, movement and touch? So I think dance, you are, you're moving your body in a way that you, you're kind of moving and, and manipulating your body into shapes in the name of art and in the name of something looking beautiful. And it's almost like you are making your body do stuff. You are manipulating your body. It has to look a certain way. With this exploration of the body, I've got completely rid of that. And this this is like, what does my what does my body naturally feel? And what does it feel what does it you know, really giving it a stage, like really giving it time and the space to do what it wants to do and what it wants to feel. So do you feel that your body is leading the movement through this research and development process more than you choreographing your body? Well, yes. dance is all about the visual and this is not. Yeah, so so if I was choreographing a dance, it would be like what looks good, what... Um, what how can i illustrate this emotion through my body this is more what it's it's more about the text how does the how what first of all what what do i feel like my body wants to do through the text but on a very it's not as it, it, I, I i'm not illustrating through my i'm not illustrating the text through my body it's more it's more focusing on your body. Um, so I'm finding it really hard to describe. No, I'm trying. <laughs> um, yeah, this is what feels right. It's what feels right to do. And how can what my how can I what can I do? What part of my body can I touch? In what way to take me to this place? Mm. To take me to this memory. Yeah, choreographing touch is a is a pretty f- fresh, weird idea. I yeah, think. yeah. Yeah, and it's not normal. It's not a normal. It's not an all normal artistic practice. Absolutely mm. not. Um, which is quite to touch your skin. Well, yeah. Apart from like, I don't know, getting a massage or um, mm. going into a sort of you know a, a what's it called house. Um, a, like a, prost- a prostitution brothel. house, brothel, whatever they're called. <laughs> yeah, I think it's still um, quite taboo. Like it feels quite, it still feels quite taboo. I think. 
Yeah, which is touch. weird because it feels like it, it doesn't because yeah. that's all you know. So brothels and uh, sexual massage is just about healing, really. Um, yeah, why isn't it? Why isn't it an art? Healing in what way? Well, massaging is generally about sort of you know healing your muscles, making you feel more relaxed, um, that kind of stuff. It's not. It's not generally, or at least in my perception, it's not really considered an a high art it's not the same as a monet it's not the same as whatever mm. it's a you know some multi-million pound selling artist musical artist um it's it's you know it's not a blockbuster movie um, um i think that t t it's perhaps letting as we've been talking about touch can be an abuse of power it's almost like now we have these connotations of you know massage leads to sex or like massage you know massage parlors being a cover-up for prostitute prostitution and it's like those things do go on so it's like we it's like we have to sort of rewire our brains so that it's it becomes innocent again I think mm. because it is an important thing to experience I think but I, I think maybe it it is is it's no longer innocent. Mm. So you wouldn't let your friend give you a massage because it doesn't feel appropriate. Feels weird. Yeah. yeah. So that's why you go to someone else. It's, it's it, unknown. Yeah. But even that is really weird. We'd rather a stranger touch us than have someone like you wouldn't let your mum give you a massage it's just weird but why is it I mean it is weird <laughs> yeah but, but why is it weird why is it weird to have someone else touch your body and to um you know to like soothe that muscle when you've sprained your knee or when you've got period pains and to have someone massage the back of your um lower back you're talking about taboo you're talking about um touch as an art form um, the co contrast um, uh, meaning touch is a taboo and why on earth isn't touch considered high art why isn't it in the middle of a gallery that you walk into a gallery and then some touch expert you know, <laughs> touches you like in a certain way which going oh that's amazing it's so beautiful and, you know, so it <laughs> well, sells on, the Sotheby's for 11 million earlier on you said like it creates the memory like so you're looking for the touch that mm creates the memory yeah and when we're watching films or when we're experiencing art it is playing on the experience oh. are you bored sweetie <laughs> <laughs> um you are experiencing the recreation of that memory yeah so if touch can do the same thing if if you can experience touch through your flesh instead of through your eyes why is it not seen as equal mm-hmm because that's what we're mm. doing, aren't we? We're re recreating a memory through the touch. But you would never go to a gallery and have someone touch the audience so that they can recreate the memory of childhood mm. or recreate the memory of your first kiss. Unless it's performance art. Yeah, this is this is a massive... I think that we this, this, this question is so important to what we're doing. Um, yeah, why? Why is why is touch still so awkward and like oh we shouldn't do it you know obviously because of, of of the the way it's been abused but i think that yeah why why can it why can it not happen because how would you feel if you if this was a play and we were doing it at the park theater 
and an audience member had these instructions of how to touch you mm. what what would that feel like for you if someone else a stranger was like looking at your knee and demonstrating like the the gravel in your knee and cleaning the blood and yeah it would feel it would feel odd and it would be strange I think the performer in me kind of you know you just see beyond it and you just you're doing it because <laughs> you're the character that's doing it or you're the character that's there but as a as Emma I think it would be weird if you know it would be weird if it wasn't if someone was touching certain parts of my body in a particular way um but I think it's important to do to yeah to break these sort of these these boundaries these and answer these questions why is it weird why do I feel weird about it Mm. Mm.